Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast. It's Friday, October the 29th. I'm Richard Woolley, editor in Reorg's London office, and today I'm going to be speaking to Aurelia Siedelhofer and Shenda Shi about Adler Real Estate Group and the wider German real estate market. And I'm going to be speaking to Shankareshi, legal analyst, about German gaming group Lowenplay. Aurelia, for anyone who hasn't been following the Adler situation, can you give us um, some quick background on what the group does? Yeah, sure. Hi, Richard. So Adler Group is a German real estate company which focuses on residential developments. They have the majority of their assets in Berlin, but also in other major German cities. The company was created by a complex and controversial three-way merger between the company's ADO, Adler Real Estate and Consus not so long ago in 2019. Essentially, you can think about the company in two segments, the rental yielding portfolio, so rental apartments, which is generally seen as quite stable, and the development portfolio acquired as part of the Consus acquisition, which is seen as a bit more risky. So that's construction of apartments. Okay, and just turning to the Viceroy report, what were the, the main points of criticism or you know, perhaps more widely um, speaking among investors um, more generally about Adler, what, what criticisms are you seeing? Yeah, so the Viceroy report was an important ev- event that happened at the beginning of October and the main points of criticism were that Adler's portfolio is overvalued and in particular they said the cap rates used in the valuation for residential yielding portfolios were lower than peers leading to these inflated valuations as a second point they also said that development properties um, assumed the completion of projects and did not take into account issues with building permits and financing for example so discounting the valuation visory got to an ltv of 86.6 compared to the 52% reported by the group. The other main point was that a real estate investor called um, Seftet Kana, who is a minority shareholder in the group via his family's foundation, um, is secretly controlling the group and using undisclosed related party transactions to take value away from the group towards him, his family and other people associated with him. We spoke to Seftet Kana and he disputes these claims, however. Then the report also raised issues with significant unpaid receivables and criticized the way the three-way merger between Ardo, Adler and Consus was completed. Investors mostly worry about valuation of the development portfolio related to Consus. People have told us about plots of the group's land where getting a building permit, for example, has proved to be a nightmare and it has also been reported widely in the local press that certain projects have been delayed for years. People say that the valuation method of just using the price per square meter at which you can sell minus cost is too simple and doesn't take into account the full picture here. Shenda, can you tell us what this means for Adler's bonds? Uh, we can see that they've recovered quite a bit since the uh, Viceroy report came out. Have people regained confidence in the company? The group has disputed the claims made in the Viceroy's report, saying that all transaction and valuations are done at arm's length and appraised by independent firms. 
I think investors do recognize that there are some problems with the development portfolio, unpaid receivables, and bad disclosure. But they take comfort that the bonds will likely be covered even if after a substantial discount in the value of the assets. However, the issue of hidden debt somewhere or the company finding it difficult to find financing to complete projects still overshadows the name. The group requires 2.5 to 3 billion euro of capex for its development project. The SSLs recently were at a premium, which has reassured some investors on the residential yielding portfolio valuation. Net proceeds from the sales would be about 1.4 billion euro, which is expected to be used to repay debt. This will help the group meet its 1.2 billion euro of debt maturing in 2021 and 2022 and will buy it time. Looking at the wider German real estate market, um, names like uh, Aggregate, Cigna and Alcentro have also seen a decline in recent weeks. Aggregate is particularly in focus because it has a stake in Adler. Aggregate doesn't have many yielding rental properties at the moment, but focuses on building assets or later selling them or renting them out. It has assets in Portugal and in Germany, and it's split into three segments, build and hold, build and sell, and financial investments, such as the stake in Adler, for example. Shenda, why do you think people are so interested in aggregate? I think mainly because the longer-dated aggregate bonds fell to the mid-50 initially, and although they recovered to the low 60 now, people still see over 20% as an attractive yield. So many people are trying to get comfortable with the business model and valuations. But of course, an almost pure exposure to development projects can be quite risky. Shan, German gaming group Play has retained legal and financial advisors in advance of the maturity of its 350 million euro notes next year in November. Can you give us some background on the name? Sure. So Play is expected to explore wider restructuring options as its attempts to simply refinance with a new debt issuance appear to be unsuccessful so far. The group faces not only a 350 million euro senior secured notes maturity in November of next year, but also a 14 million euro RCF maturing in August of next year. Now, the company has been working with advisors, Latham Watkins and Rothschild. Sources Reorg has spoken to suggested that a group of note holders are beginning to organize and are set to approach the company to discuss options following a breakdown in refinancing talks. The note holder group is still looking to appoint advisors. All right, and, and what sort of uh, restructuring options does the group have to address the maturity of, of both the credits? Sure, so the group's 2022 notes restructuring options include either an amendment of maturity, a refinancing, or a debt exchange. Sponsor actions could also be taken, including an equity injection, partial equitization, or possibly even a sale of the business to a third party. Now, a balance needs to be struck between loan plays management's desire to deleverage the group and the creditors' requirements for enhanced coupons and further protections. Deleveraging could be achieved through an equity injection by the sponsor or by forcing an impairment to the principal of the notes. And if one of these options is pursued, how would it be implemented? You know, the group's based in Germany and the notes are New York law governed. Yeah, exactly. So... Put, to put it simply, to implement any changes to the money terms of the 2022 notes, 90% of note holders by value need to give their consent to the debtor, and that's pursuant to the terms of the 2022 note indenture. 
Amendments to the terms of the RCF are likely to require unanimous consent, although we haven't actually seen the loan agreement yet. However, apart from these consensual processes and subject to overcoming structural and jurisdictional hurdles, the group could use an in-court non-consensual process, such as the English Law Scheme of Arrangement or the English Law Part 26 Restructuring Plan. It could also learn, use the German Law Starug, also known as the German Scheme, all of which require less than 90% of consent of note holders to, by value to implement the amendments. Now, either a scheme of arrangement or a Part 26A could be used to restructure the debt obligations of the group. The structural, uh, the, 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 the structural steps which the group could take prior to using the English uh, processes in order to allow the English court to exercise jurisdiction include introducing an English law incorporated co-obligor to the notes or amending the governing law of the notes to English law from New York law. I note that the RS, RCF is already governed by English law. As opposed to these structural amendments, all debtors with a Comey in Germany can use the new German scheme, making it more simple. The, the, the German scheme has been available to use for debtors since January 2021. So the German tool also has a requirement that the debtor must be imminently illiquid, i.e. that the debtor must be more than likely than not to be unable to pay its debts within the next 20 months. This is a hurdle which loan and play could pass given that the 2022 notes mature is approaching. The process also requires 75% consent. Okay, and what about if the group is you know, unable to reach the 75% uh, threshold for note holders? Could it impair the note holders in any way with less consent? Yeah, that's a good question, Richard. So the group could try to use the cross-class cram-down tool to bind the whole note holder group. Now, if we think that it's assumed that the group can pay its 40 million RCF out of cash in hand, should it need to, the group could use the voting rights of the RCF lenders to bind note holders to a deal to using a Part 26A as follows. So a loan play could use a Part 26A with two creditor classes. The first being the 40 million RCF lenders and the second being the 350 million 2022 note holders. Now so long as the RCF class consents the proposed restructuring plan, that is getting over the 75% hurdle, an English court can sanction the plan and it will be binding on the classes subject to certain conditions. And those conditions relate to the relevant alternative under English law. Now, in this scenario, the rights of the RCF lenders don't actually need to be impaired in any detrimental way to bind the note holders. A similar approach was actually used in Virgin Active successfully last year in its Part 26A. Now, this process, in theory, could also be used using cross-class cram-down for a Starug or the German scheme. I, I think I should briefly mention that there are also certain cross-border recognitions which the debtor will be alive to. Now, the name is certainly one to watch, particularly once bondholders are fully organised and instruct lawyers. Thanks a lot, Sean. As always, you can read more about all of these situations on our website, reorg.com. We'll be back in two weeks' time with another Reorg Europe podcast, but until then, stay safe. And thank you very much for listening.